There are things about the words surrounding football and baseball which give it all away. Football is technological. Baseball is pastoral. <laughs> football is played in a stadium. Baseball is played in a park. <laughs> in football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. <laughs> in football, you get a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops! <laughs> the object in football is to march downfield and penetrate enemy territory and get into the end zone. In baseball, the object is to go home. <laughs> comedy of George Carlin to open this episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act, 47 years ago this week. Comedy legend George Carlin became the first host of SNL, October 11, 1975. I'm going to call an audible, Donna. We're going to do away with the, uh, the theme song, Cadillac Jack, my second act. We're going to stick with this for a minute. I like it. It's kind of jazzy. So noticeable. Like, if you heard this, you just know immediately that, uh... It's coming on YouTube. Saturday Night Live. You know, they did, did a lot of revamps for the season. I think, like, three-quarters of the cast did not return. Some SNL trivia to launch this episode of My Second Act, The Answer Later. During this episode, which recurring character has appeared the most during the entire run of SNL? Mary Catherine Gallagher, B, Father Guido Sarducci, or C, Church Lady. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things you are already talking about with your family and your friends, conversations about uh, pop culture, news headlines. Trend, social media, country music, music, and uh, often endearing and revealing conversations, stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth, episode 306 of My Second Act. My name's Donna, and I'm Kenny's wife. Donna, Donna, Donna. So March 10th was um, World Mental Health Day, and I was thinking about this, like, there was, you know, just like any day, um, I know we're going to talk about some other days later on, but in, in the podcast, but just like any day, people put, you know, things up on there you know, social media and, you know, it is World Mental Health Day. and Checking in with people and yeah. keeping your head on straight. Yeah. As best you can. Yes. So it got me to thinking that, like, there were a lot of companies that posted things about, you know, World Mental Health Day. And I think one of the biggest things that, like, companies could do is actually walk the walk. Because I was reading this article the other day, and it said that the biggest um, challenge to people's mental health right now is lack of boundaries in the workplace. And that, you know, we've talked about this, I think, in previous episodes, but how the boundaries are so blurred because people are working from home and your boss can send you an email at 12 in the morning or, you know, if he's working two in the morning or, you know, whenever. And and that used to be okay, but the expectation now is that you're going to get back to someone immediately and have an answer and fix the problem. And so we're all working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no um, weekend anymore. Um you know, if, if you work a nine to five Monday through Friday job. Um, so I, I think that like companies should kind of step up and, 
explore some of these new things. Like for a while, it was such a big deal. Like, you know, most companies would never think about, you know, working from home. And that is like almost the new normal. They say that is one of the top things that younger people who are looking for jobs look for in a job search is their flexibility with hours or not having to sit in traffic. And someone was saying that their company is now offering this four-day work week, Monday through Thursday, which I love. But the expectation is they take some of their, um, I guess they take some of their days back, their, you know, their PTO days, but they only get four days a week. And then there is another company that I heard someone saying that has just, you don't ask for PTO. You just take as much time as you want. But you have to get your job done. And, it, you know, you can't, it can't interfere with you doing your job. But they don't put a limit on your PTO because they're saying you need to take whatever time you need to take. Say something comes up or right. a parent gets sick or something happens. Take as much time as you want. It doesn't have to be triple signed off on. No. Um, but I'll also say this. I think, like, the term mental health has become kind of trendy in a way. Um, and I don't mean that in a, a negative way. But mental health encompasses a very large gamut. And um, yes, I do think you need to check in on people all the time. And even those of us happy people, which I consider myself, I've never really struggled with depression or, you know, something that is a clinical diagnosis. Everyone has bad days, but there are people who actually have clinical diagnosis that, you know, they have to to take care of all the time. But even us happy people, which I am, I'm one of the happy ones um, most of the time, you know, we struggle. And I think it's harder when you are a happy person and you struggle because you don't usually struggle. Because if you're, if you're dark all the time, you're just dark all the time and you're used to it. Well, yeah, and I think people you're come... Down, down, I, I dark think, meaning down. Yes, and I think people immediately know to constantly check on those people because they're dark all the time, you know, and, and you're worried about them. But check on the happy people too because us happy people, we go in and out of things too. So don't forget about us happy people. And if you're happy, I'm checking in on you like right now. Um, and I'm not just checking in on you kind of like I said this before, not like I'm praying for you. I'm actually really checking in on you. So if you need any help, reach out to me. And if I need help, I'll reach out to you. Well known. After the cupboard with you now, Chip, it's past your bedtime. For her role in Beauty and the Beast. Not enough. Or her role in Murder She Wrote. Are, are you asking me? Yeah. I think it depends on your age. I think if you're like our kids' age, you probably don't even know that's Angela Lansbury. You just know the voice. But if you are well, from Beauty and the Beast. Yes, if you are our age, I would dare say that it would be uh, Murder She Wrote. Mrs. Fletcher has worked out everybody's role in this matter. Yes. I did. Remember when you described your interview with Nigel Allison? With a suntan and a carnation in his lapel? I gave Nigel the carnation just before he went to his room, a minute or so before 12 noon. You did that yourself with my fingerprints. On the phone in Music your room, you asked me to pour you a like glass of water. Of you took it from me, being very careful not to disturb my fingerprints. Then you left a fake message from de Kooning to me, asking <laughs> me to meet him there. Only you met him first. Angela Lansbury. We lost her this week. 97 years old. Did, she, did you know she was that old? Um, I'm going to come clean here. 
I did not know she was still alive. There are some people that like, if you know, there's just a group of people who, when you mention them, and we could probably do like, maybe that'll be the next game. That'll be the game. The Saturday show? Okay. Yeah. Are they dead or alive? That seems very I'll, callous. Yeah, yeah. We'll but, go for it though. We're, we're, yeah. we're not opposed well, to that. Well, I am. I don't want to be callous. Mrs. Potts was a character that she was in Beauty and the Beast. If you're new to the podcast, Will is 23 years old, lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's been up there for about two years. He's got a trade. Did a year of college, just wasn't cut out for it. We have a 19-year-old daughter, Olivia, who is a freshman at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. We have a junior in high school, Charlotte, who is 17. I, as a dad, do not feel obligated to post on Facebook every single time some manufactured and created holiday pops when everybody else jumps on the bandwagon. You feel pressure. You feel that if you if you do not post on National Left-Handed Sons Day, if you do not post on National Righty Daughters Day, that your kids are gonna it's gonna ruin them. Do your kids even know? What do you think, Don? Do your kids do, do your kids seek that stuff out? Well, like here again, I think it depends on your I, kid. I agree, I agree, I agree. But it just general general rule. What do if you, think? you have a lot, of, if if you have kids who are active on social media, probably. They probably do wonder just simply because that is the purpose and the nature of social media is for you not to be looking forward at what's going on in your life. It's looking side to side at what's going on in everybody else's life. And so they're probably like, well, that kind of sucks. Like everybody else's parents posted or not even parents like say, say I posted and you didn't or vice versa. This is not about me and you, but like, and, and they would be like, well, you know, I wish my dad would post about me clearly. Something's going on. He doesn't like me. Also, I think it depends. I know, or, or mom. I'm just saying. I think it's extreme. Though. I think it also depends on your relationship. I think that unfortunately, kids, and I hate to say this, but some kids, not all kids, um, live in kind of a social media world. And when things are going bad in kids' house houses for whatever reason, I do think that they look at other people and their social media because that's what they do. They're not looking for it, if this makes sense, but they're just scrolling, and so. If you're in a situation where maybe you're in a family right now, and I'm going to use the mom because I feel like we always pick on dad. So, like, if the mom is having to work all the time, and maybe she's traveling for a living, but then the child is scrolling, 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 and maybe the mom's on a work trip on the weekend, and there's all of her friends are doing something with their moms or something, yes, I, I don't think it's any different than if they weren't invited to a party. Should it be that way? No. But I think you sometimes you have to live in the minds of your kids, and it's like, you know, people say, I'm not, I'm not someone who, I just don't post a lot on social media or whatever. You know, I'm not going to post on birthdays or whatever. But if, if, if they... I think birthdays are different. Much yeah, different. I do too. I mean, I do too. But I, I mean, I think sometimes that happens where you just, whatever reason. But, you know, and, and, it, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Because if you post on the birthday, but you only include one picture, but someone else's mom or dad post, and they include... A dozen pictures. And, well, they did a video. Oh, you know, I know yes. someone who did a video to music, then... You know, God, I wish my mom and dad would do that. And again, it's not rational. It's not rational. But I think it equates to us when we were growing up. And you know how, like, when you were growing up, there was that one neighborhood that everybody wanted to live in. For us, it was Bennett Woods. If you had money, you lived in Bennett Woods. And you just wanted to, like, live there, no matter what, what the situation was with your house. And so I think, like, you know, that's just how you are when you're a kid. And then as you grow up, you realize you lived in a great, amazing place and you didn't need to live over there. And there was crazy crap going over there and Bennett Woods just like there wasn't near me. But from a kid's perspective, I do think sometimes they 
read things differently into social media, unfortunately, because it is their life. Do we, as parents, cave to our children's irrational thinking to make them feel better about themselves? Is that not dangerous? Um, I think it is, absolutely. But I think also, if you, I also think, well, I don't know, I was going to say maybe your kid wouldn't, it, it depends on what you got to always be checking your relationship radar. This is my thing. Don't worry about social media. You know, I said this on another podcast before. Are you a hugger? Do you hug your kids? Do you say to them, instead of always talking about you or your life or what's going on, do you say to them, what's going on with you? Come sit down for a minute. And you know what? And, and, and you've said this to me before, and, and I've said it to you before. I've tried. They don't want to do it. You have, that's where you have to be the bigger person because we are really, literally, the bigger people. We're parents. We're bigger than them. We're older than them. We have more. Our brains are more developed. So I think as long as you are in their lives and you know what's going on, then they're not going to feel as much that way, and you don't have to cave. But if you're just generally absent, then I think it makes a difference altogether. Now, this is us discussing how the kids feel. What I don't agree with are other people who, you know, if they, on their anniversary, if they post 43,000 things. Which no one wants to see. Yeah, or like on Hot Husband's Day. You're doing this for yourself. You know, I, I just ran across someone who posted something about, you know, could my husband get any hotter? And it's like, okay, we know your husband's hot. Fantastic. Is he though? Could you, could, could he get hotter, do you think? Everyone can get hotter. Okay. But he's a good fair, looking, fair. He, he's a good looking man, but I'm just, who are why, you? Why, why do you put that out? But why, why? What, yeah, what's the reason for that, I guess, is my thing. Like, you know, he's a busy man. I don't think that he, it's not to stroke his ego. I think it's to stroke Hers. your ego. Yeah, of course, the wife. This is the great debate of all time is social media and how media. you how you use it in your life, how it affects you. And I think the one thing that you have to do is figure out your relationship with social media. And you need to mute. I've got some things muted right now because I just don't want to see it, don't want to hear it, don't want to know about it. Got it muted. Um, and I'll unmute it at some point. And then... You also have to teach your kids how to do that, how to, you know, feel okay to put your phone down and walk away from it if it's making you feel bad for whatever reason or anxious or less than or whatever. As adults, we have to do that. And I think I hear people say all the time, like I, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, I am so sick and tired of hearing about this one person who is constantly going on all these vacations. And it led down this whole rabbit hole where the person said to me, how much money do they have? Like, what, how much? I, and I just said to her, I said, you know, there's an easy fix for that. Mute them. You mute them. But that's one of the reasons they post all the photographs of, of vacations and things. They want people to, they, they want that, that conversation to come up. That they, They're loaded. They can afford all these vacations. How much do they make? How much money do they have? That's, that's one of the wants. One of the reasons there's that post. And do you believe that, you know, the great psychological trick that, what you don't like, what you see that, and you don't like in other people. What really, like if you're looking through someone's, and it, now now this is on a greater level. That one is just, I'm so sick of hearing about Jim and Diane's fabulous vacation. I can't afford to go on vacation right now. I'm going to mute them. But say you see, say I see a mom. This was, just say this, I'm going to put myself in here. This is not happening, but if I did. And she was always volunteering, always volunteering, volunteering at school. And I'm like, this, this is just ridiculous. Like, doesn't she have something better to do to... What it's really about is I'm feeling bad because for whatever reason, I'm not either able to give that kind of time right now. I don't want to. 
I don't. If you see some guy and you're like, oh my God, yeah, he's the greatest dad. He's the greatest dad in the world. He's always with his kids. He's da da da. Yeah, there's a couple of those in my feed. But it could be that it's triggering someone because what what psychologists say is it's actually holding a mirror up to you. And while you're, you shouldn't care that Jim is spending all this time with his kids. Does it mean that you're not, I'm not saying you, but does it mean that you are not spending enough time with, with your kids? And you know it. And, and you that's know why it hurts it. you. Possibly. But I do think that there are dads and moms and grandparents and aunts and uncles that go just, it's not that. They're just over the top and overboard oh, with absolutely. this shit. And, and, and so it's not that you feel that that's a representation or that's that's the person you want to be or you're pissed because you're not that dad or that mom. Absolutely. Yes, there, there are those. But then there are the ones that just need to log off for good and never come back. Yeah, like when somebody, you know, they say when somebody, when somebody gets like a great opportunity in life, are you the first person to go, well, damn, how'd they get that? They didn't deserve it. Or do you believe, as I do, that the universe has enough success and happiness and room for all of us? And so you say, hey, that's awesome. I'm actually going to call them and find out how they made that happen because I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to celebrate that. So a lot of times it's just flipping your brain, which is very hard to do. And going back to the stupid pandemic that we all live through, and I know we hate talking about it, I do believe that there is an element that we all brought out of that, of putting the covers over our head and saying, you know what, my relationship with this person sucks, but it's too late. That ship sailed. I'm not fixing it. I don't care. And it's kind of like that's the one thing that came out of the pandemic is just obscene laziness of in just in general i'm not talking about working or anything but just in fixing things in your life just being like you know what that's a mess i'm not gonna do anything with that and and sometimes you can't do anything with it but have you at least tried you know have you have you tried if you've gotten if you gotten off the track of you know spending time with your kids spending time with your spouse checking in with your mom did you just give up or can you get back on track and start fixing it party gallery furniture this week i ran up to uh, gainesville 1600 browns bridge row gainesville asked for donna sat on the couches we had a therapy session always get to pick the recliner or couch where we're going to sit because they sit them all the time seven days a week she and i said jackson catnapper and you do just that you talk and have some pizza pie and some soda and then you uh, you, you, you fix oral's problems and then you take a nap and then you come back home Mm. Um, the Gallery Furniture Instagram account, I want to start with this. The Gallery Furniture Instagram account was hacked. Horrible. So they've had to start from scratch. Who are these people that do this? They've had to start from scratch again. So a brand new Gallery Furniture Instagram account handle that I'm going to give to you right now. But listen, what that is good for you, here's why. The first 100 followers are in the running to scoop a free recliner from Gallery Furniture, retail value $300 plus. Okay. So uh, the Gallery Furniture Instagram account gets hacked and you get the prize. That's that's what's going on this week at Calorie Furniture. I was there, what day, Don? Monday? Yes, Monday. Monday. No, two, uh, Monday or two. Yeah, Monday. They had one of the best weeks they've ever had in the history of Gallery Furniture the week prior. Wow. Yes. Donna was in the back counting her money. Well, that's a good thing. On Monday, the, the next week, she was still counting her cash from the week before. Okay. So, good well, week at Gallery Furniture. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't need your business. That makes it sound like you. No, no, it doesn't at yeah. all. But I think that we can, we can attribute and finger a lot of listeners of this podcast. 
to spending their money with gallery furniture and going up there and, and buying great furniture for every room in your house any day of the week. I keep saying, and if you've got that big calendar up, are you are you one of those people like me that you're like, wait a minute, it's three weeks to Halloween, what happened? And then it's three weeks to Thanksgiving, wait, what happened? And then three weeks to Christmas. So it is time. Those people are already planning. Do you know that there are your in-laws are starting to like pack their like cubes and their little What's that thing? The caboodles and the stuff they bring, like to come down to stay with you. Right, so, right now? oh yeah, they're getting ready. So you better be ready on October the thirteenth. Yeah, I would not be waiting to try to source a bigger table, chairs. Um, even though all the supply chain stuff is sort of leveled out, furniture still does have a hard time, and you're having to order pretty far out. Um, and that is not the case with the gallery. Go up there. You can drive it home today. Get that table out. Start testing it out before all the in-laws get there. And you know what you need to do? you got to test out the chairs and find out which ones. You know, none of them are going to be wobbly from gallery. But you kind of need to place your chairs around and, and start thinking about in your mind, like, where do you want people to sit? Because you, you know you can't have, like, Uncle, Uncle Ed sit beside Aunt June because Aunt June voted for Biden. And Uncle Ed is a Trump supporter. So you just don't want all that crap going on at your, at your Thanksgiving table. You know what I mean? That's when, like, that stuff starts. Here's how you do that, in case you've wondered. When uncomfortable stuff ta- starts, I've told you this before, like, you just leave the room, or what you do is you say, Ed, we need more honey-baked ham. Like, you put the person who's being the problem in charge of something. You've already got your gravy boat, but you like, can you dig through that china cabinet and see if you can find a gravy boat? You know, you know what's not in there. Yeah. You send them on a snipe hunt, but you get, you get the problem out of the room. The new Instagram handle is ask for Wolfman Furniture at ask for. Wolfman Furniture. Gallery Furniture, new account on Instagram at ask for Wolfman Furniture. One person of the 100 first followers to this new handle on Instagram wins a brand new recliner for your, your home, your office, your bedroom, wow. your, your living room, your, your movie room, your basement, your, your garage, wherever you want to put it. It's up to you. We thank Donna and the entire crew at uh, Gallery Furniture Gainesville for their support of the podcast. Also, big thanks to Fayetteville Ford, home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Come and get your- I was listening to the last episode, Don. I was howling. As was Chris Chipwood and everybody fake before. About the fact that you thought that the powertrain was an actual part. An actual part that you would just, like a spare tire. Pull, pull it out of your trunk and replace your powertrain. I thought it was like, I thought the powertrain was synonymous with the engine. I thought that's what well, like an is. engine it is. It is, it is. Yeah, so I just thought that was another word. Like, it's almost like when your engine blows or something or like, I don't even know. But like. Oh, God, my powertrain's broke. Let's say you're on your way home right now listening to this podcast. And your powertrain breaks. No. no, I've had that happen. Okay. So let's say that your transmission just goes. I've had that happen. You don't expect it. You don't think it's coming in. Then that does happen. It could happen to you listening right now to this podcast on your way home from work. Do you have $4,000 in your savings account right now? No. For that repair? Do you have $1,000 to get uh, some some computer chips replaced if they lose their, uh, their chip? No. Lifetime powertrain warranty takes care of all of that. All right. And it's free. No cost to you, the customer. You're going to find it in the glove box, not the part, but the action, like the agreement, the lifetime powertrain warranty on paper. From Fable Ford, FableFordGA.com. Right, let's do some hype songs. Donna, you're going to go. Is, is, this, is this guy one of the uh, One Direction kids? No. Oh, I thought it was. No. Neil Horan, Neil, 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 uh, no, that's not it. Okay. Did, did you get, I may have pulled him in though by mistake. Oh God. Hang on here. Let's see what I got. He's just labeled Donna. I don't know what this is. I did good then. Yep. Well, poor glass of wine. 
and dream aloud. Talk about one day tonight. So it's Noah Thompson. Um, he was the winner. Uh, he was the season 20 winner of American Idol. I never watch American what? Idol. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I used to. I just don't watch it anymore. He's from uh, Louisa, Kentucky. But he won season 20. It's a great song. He's hitting the road. That's what, that's the main thing I want to tell you. Anyway, the song's what, called... in a relationship? No. The song is called One Day Tonight. It's another one of those songs that is one of those on-demanders, streams. He's averaging, he's averaging right now nearly 1 million streams per week just to give you an idea. Basically, the premise of the song, I love these, I love this one lyric. He says, so it's his, it's a girl that he's dating, but she's already planned their whole life out. And he's happy with it. He's good. Um, she said, he says, you know, uh, she wants a wedding in September, saved up all winter, spend our summers in a fixer upper in Denver. She wants a girl and a boy and an old dog named Old Roy. This is my favorite line. Lord, I hope this old boy can give her that life. So just kind of thinking about like the life they're going to have together. Now, as an old grizzled person, I want to say, there's almost like, you almost want to write the follow-up to this song. You know which, what I mean? Which would be? Uh, the dog's going to cost you thousands of dollars and poop and pee all over you. It was the ability to hold the poop in. Yeah, and the, you know, don't buy a fixer-upper because you're never going to be able to be there because your kid's going to be involved in travel sports. And it's going to be the worst decision you made in your life. And you want a girl and a boy, um, you may end up with like four girls and no boys. And that is just, yeah, a hot-ass mess. But anyway, that's the follow-up song. Um, maybe I'll get, um, I think I'm gonna get Randy Hauser to sing that one. That'd be a good one. Okay. I'll write right. that. I will write that for him. Let me put that on my list. All right. But, um, yeah, he's great. Noah and he is hitting the road. And if you were an American Idol, um, devotee and you loved watching it, then you know about this Hunter girl who was also on American Idol. And so they are going on tour together. Um, they're not together, but they're going on tour together. See if you recognize some of these songs. Uh, no. This is Phil Vassar. Huge. I loved Phil Vassar. Carlene was his first song that he ever released. And he had uh, this hit. Then he had this big hit. He was so big. We used to do so many things with him at the radio station. Six-pack song? Yep, love that one. Phil Vassar had hits of his own, like you're hearing right now, but he was a tremendous songwriter. But for others, he was a big songwriter as well. Tim McGraw for a little while. My next 30 years for Tim McGraw. Kenny Chesney for the first time. Jody Messina hits Bye Bye and I'm All Right, written by Phil Vassar. I had no idea. And this song that I'm adding to the Spotify Heights on playlist from an artist who will get the Lifetime Achievement Award tomorrow night in Nashville. Is everything I need bulls, I right on the Money, Alan Jackson. Right Love that. Written money. by Phil Vassar. Really? One of the very few songs Alan Jackson ever recorded that he did not have a hand in writing. Alan, 95, true to where are you, 95% of the songs of Alan Jackson in his catalog going back to uh, Arista, uh, written by Alan Jackson. He just did not record a song that he didn't pen himself. That's crazy. And that's one of the exceptions, one of the few exceptions. Tomorrow night in Nashville, CMT presents Alan Jackson with the Lifetime Achievement Award. They're going to tape a 90-minute special tomorrow night. It's going to air sometime on CMT this, uh, I don't know when. but uh, Other quick country notes. Kenny Chesney just happened to be in L.A. last Thursday, the same night that Kelsey Ballerini was there. I think you're stirring the pot. With her, uh, her tour. And he came out on stage and sang Half of My Hometown. 
Chelsea tweeted. It was magical. On Instagram, her caption was, at Kenny Chesney, what a surprise, I'm still losing it. Kenny pipes in with a reply. Very happy your team kept it a secret. Ha ha. Love you and very proud of you, he wrote. So that's, uh, that's that. I just wanted to uh, leave that with you. Mm-hmm. That little note. Um, breaking news on this, too. This was announced last night. Blake Shelton stepping away from yeah, the voice. voice. After yeah, 23 after seasons. 20, can you believe that? I'm shocked. Not, not that he lasted that long, but that he wanted to do it that long. I, I've, I've heard, I'm shocked it's been on that long. I've heard artists say, maybe it was Blake Shelton, what I'm saying, or Luke Bryan or somebody, to get that type gig, you're taking candy from a baby. Whatever that saying is. Yeah, but if you've done it for 23 years, you're, maybe you're at the point Easy where you, money, though. you can step away. Who do you think? Do you think he's stepping away? Or is NBC stepping him away? Or is NBC allowing him to say, I'm stepping away? Calista Clark is from Zebulon, Georgia. That is Pike Kemp. She is a hometown artist of the Bay 925. And uh, if you're listening on a full day, if you listen at midnight, download at midnight on Thursday the 13th. She's on the Today Show this morning, which is huge for this little girl. She's 18 years old. That was a big hit. She got another one out right now. Gave it back broken. Uh, and she's doing Donna the first ever Cadillac Jack Country Christmas. Love it. December 17th, Thomas and Georgia. Get your tickets now. Eight bucks. Eight bucks. Empty stocking fund benefits from Cadillac Jack's Country Christmas with Calista Clark. Well, that's fun. So what do you do? You bring, do you have to bring anything? It's or? after the uh, Thomas and Georgia Christmas parade. Oh, in the uh, theater, they're on the square, big time. Any pod peeps? I don't have any, Donna. We actually we have hundreds of, uh, hundreds of them. We just don't have time to get to them this episode. I'm thinking we're missing something, but we're gonna have to let it go, I guess. Well, there's a Saturday show. We can always catch that's that. That's true. Time. Saturday show, we can do that. Mm-hmm. That's right. We got three episodes now every week of Cadillac Jack My Second Act, including the Saturday show. Download it and listen and laugh and cut up and just uh, just uh, have, have fun listening to this third episode exclusively on the Cadillac and Donna Jack YouTube channel. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Check My Second Act from Alan Jackson and Eris to Nashville Records, Noah Thompson and BBR Music. Phil Vassar, Eris to Nashville Records, Phil Vassar, Show Dog Records, Callista Clark, Big Machine Label Group. Walt Disney Pictures and Beauty and the Beast. Lorne Michaels, NBC Universal, Saturday Night Live. Universal Television and the CBS Television Network. For Murder, She Wrote, Cabot Cove, Maine. Just kidding, Hollywood. This is something. $250, all it costs. You get the whole outfit. You know, the hat, this, this uh, uh, gown, everything, the shoes, only $250. I know what you think. You're thinking like another religious ripoff. You know, it costs $250. It's not like that. You don't have to buy the whole outfit. The People's Catholic Church were kind of like the Cub Scouts. You know, in the Cub Scouts, you don't have to buy everything, right? You could just buy the shirt, just the pants. This is the same thing. We got, like, the hat, $50 for the hat alone, if you want that. The cape, it's $100. Father Guido Sarducci, the recurring character that has appeared the most times on Saturday Night Live, a whopping 31 appearances over the course of 17 years. Our thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Production assistants in Atlanta from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. insane what is that like this is this was a full-on photo shoot there's 10 of them on the airplane 10 girls dresses Hmm. surely you think that's overboard right
Uh, yeah. All right. Get them. Okay. I'll figure this shit out.